Quantum Conversations, your portal to the inner realms. Access infinite possibilities, infinite mastery, and infinite love. Mind-expanding, heart-opening conversations with some of the greatest spiritual teachers, luminaries, and healers of today's world. Usher in new earth by living in your sacred heart. Quantum Conversations is brought to you by AcousticHealth.com, home of music from the universe, online healing retreats, and this program. Claim your free registration to daily shows at AcousticHealth.com. AcousticHealth.com, your portal to the inner realms. Our program starts shortly. Welcome to another Quantum Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and I invite you to sit back as we enter the Quantum Realm, that space of the greater part of you. It is your connection to infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and infinite mastery. We are exploring the frequency of infinite possibilities in the quantum realm today as we are shifting and upgrading our money frequency. And we're going to talk about using this to empower our new earth business. My guest today is here to activate and encode the new paradigm energy that will align us to the field of infinite possibilities. Dr. Allison Kay is here with a vibrational upgrade for all listeners of this program. Truly, she is working to assist all of us to step into our leadership here on the planet and to activate our full potential. Allison, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Welcome to Quantum Conversations. Hi, it's my pleasure to be here with you. I'm really excited for what we're going to create together. We are excited as well. Anytime we talk about shifting our energetic vibration around prosperity and abundance, we all get very excited. It is quite the hot hot topic and we're going to get there and even work with listeners today. So callers, if you're on the phone, start to, we'll allow you to raise your hand so you can interface with us. Also, we'll be taking questions over the Q&A line as well. All right. So, Allison, thank you so much for being here. Let's first talk about your personal story. You are a student of yoga and energy medicine, subtle energy frequencies. Uh, Share with us your awakening. Was there something that occurred in your life to catalyze your awakening or did it occur all throughout your life? Um, I actually have a little bit of a different experience than I think the average person. Um I, oh. I, I don't know how I don't know how to not be awakened. <laughs> you were you've always been awakened. Well, 
Yes, I, I remember tromping through the woods with my older brother, and every day after school from the time I could walk until probably even later than junior high, and connecting in with the universe and, and feeling at one with all of nature out there while he tromped ahead of me, like breaking the dead roots and stepping on, you know, the dead trees and breaking them in half, you know, the normal little boy stuff where there's destruction happening and, and I'm behind him going, ah, you know, connecting with the butterflies and the birds and the animals and the, touching my hands into the water of the stream and, and just always feeling the greater backdrop to all of life. And then that became journal writing as a teen where I connected with my higher self and that voice come through and learn and listeners I've it's like I've never I don't know if any of you out there have this experience but I've never been able to not listen to my guidance I mean I tried a couple of times as like a a person in her early 20s you know and and I just couldn't get away with it I knew when I wasn't following my guidance and 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 I I think I may have tried only two times two times quite honestly and what happened there when you didn't I mean, it's it's pretty obvious, but share that story. I mean, or the example. What would happen to to, to well, bring you back into line here? It would just get things would get really difficult, and mm-hmm. and I'd be fighting a lot of like walls and resistance, and feeling like I'm pushing through hurricane gale force winds at 150 miles an hour that were recently experienced, you know, in this area. I live in Florida, and so we we had Irma here to deal with. I evacuated mm-hmm. from. So just like fighting against the storm, fighting against a current instead of just going with what was the natural alignment, you know, so exerting a lot more force, exerting a lot more effort, exerting a lot more control and just pushing. Like there's a lot more exertion when not listening to my guidance to follow the natural route that my spirit or soul wanted my life to go in. It was just a a very tangible contrast. That's a great question, Lauren. Thanks. Really. Well, you are so fortunate to be always connected in that way, not knowing how to be unawakened. I love how you say that because so many of us are, um, you know, there's so many people who we do come up against that wall of resistance or we don't know how to hear that inner guidance or don't feel connected to that inner guidance. So it's wonderful that you've always been able to listen and to trust that. What would you say for those who would like to begin to hear it or actually feel it? Well, there's a couple of different steps uh, that – so I – part of my guidance was to – when I was a political consultant living in California in my early 20s, it was my first career, and um, I had moved to San Francisco from Massachusetts to be – go for my master's degree in creative writing and had written the stories. They had us write stories instead of take the GREs to get into graduate school there, and I was waiting to see if I could get in, and I was waiting tables, and one of the just uh, things – fell apart in the job I was in and I got naturally led to this uh, opportunity with an organization that was doing political consulting work for the 92 election season and beyond that with the local politics and environmental conservation in California and so I got involved with that and when I did that um, there was that kind of alignment that was naturally there and so why I'm saying that, I'm totally losing my train of thought right now. Hold on a second. 
I seem to be tapping into some other kind of energy. Um, so I, I ended up listening to that guidance and, and, and went into the political work, and it was so stressful that I asked what else was possible when I'm supposed to live this stressfully. And I was walking through a bookstore within like a matter of a week, and this book popped off the shelf, literally dropped in front of my feet, and it was on meditation. And so I started my meditation practice at age 22, and then later that led me to um, hearing my guidance even more, along with the free writing uh, journaling experience that or practice that I had already put into place. And then I heard later on guidance to uh, go move to Asia for 10 years. So mm. this is about a five or seven year difference where um, I went, I ended up ultimately working as that political consultant and then um, went into fast forward a little bit and went into my master's for politics and came out with a master's in public administration, public policy, and the jobs were either not paying enough for me to pay back my student loan or um, they, I was overqualified for the ones that um, that sounded fun to me or I was underqualified for the executive director ones. So I fell back on my bachelor's in English literature and became a, a teacher in the classroom. And that was when about two years and two and a half years into being a public school teacher, I was sitting at a kitchen table one day and looked at my checking account and looked at my uh, bills in front of me on the kitchen table. And I was mildly horrified. And <laughs> I, yeah. I, I was like, this doesn't work. I mean, I'm, I'm contributing to society. I'm doing great work with these kids at the Center City School. And I only ask for basic needs. Yes, a massage per week. And yes, organic produce, basic housing, basic car, no exotic uh, or, or um, luxury high-end items ever that I would buy. And I couldn't make ends meet with these. And I wasn't okay with that. And I heard this voice in my head that said, you're not meant to struggle. And so within a matter of a month, I got information about um, teaching overseas within a, a type of school system that the multinational corporate heads and diplomats' kids attended American schools, gearing them for American University that they could return to the States for when they graduated from these international high schools and middle schools. And so I got into that system, and I increased my net cash flow by 60%, and um was able to then study. So I chose to go to Asia instead of like Brazil or um, Istanbul or Lebanon. I was getting offers from school, different international schools from around the world, and I chose to go to the Far East, to Taiwan, so I could be immersed within the traditional Chinese culture and learn at the source of who understands energy. And during that time, I, I studied um, more meditation and more chanting and then went to India and got my yoga teacher certification during one of my Chinese New Year breaks in between semesters. And... I just learned about what it means to live from an understanding of energy comes before the physical instead of the physical comes before energy. And so I followed my guidance through all that way to then bring me back to the States in 2010 and open up this business full-time and drop the classroom teaching to help during these awakening times. So I want to suggest that in, while you don't have to do what I've done, it, it, it's a gradual unfolding of the conditioning that our conscious mind gives us from our parents, from our society, and most of you listeners already know this, but to understand the absolute degree that our conditioning, that growing up in a certain society gives us, you, you, you really can only get from extrapolating that through meditation and through travel. Like even just, I'm just returning late last night from two weeks in England where I took 
a VIP client over from a mastermind program to Glastonbury, England, um, to go to the King Arthur um, area and the Goddess of Avalon area. It was really magical. And this will, the, the English sense of humor is so much lighter. And it's soon, even when I heard, um, and then I went over for a long weekend in Paris, I heard um, Americans in Paris and they were complaining. And I mean, I don't mean to be stereotyping Americans, but living outside this culture for 10 years, this is a heavy culture. We are taught to be serious and, and to use our voices and state our opinions. And, and, and it, it tends to be one of the more less light cultures around the planet. And so that conditioning alone makes us problem-focused in America. So there's all of these elements of conditioning that cause your mind to be geared towards noticing certain things and staying with a certain type of momentum or not in not picking up on other things where like the awakening energies or your guidance stays covered up because the mind is so dominant and it's and it's so um valued by the society we're living in to come from the mind improve your intellect and to believe what the mind's thoughts say because we don't have a backdrop of monks walking around in robes where there's an mm-hmm. understanding that there's a discipline to the mind. There's a discipline to yourself. You don't let yourself get out of control and, and show your temper in public. And you don't let yourself, you check yourself and your thoughts. So it, it, there's a process to gradually listening to your guidance increasingly. And one of the main processes is to uncover the layers of conditioning um, that are there and to, and to open up to the heart. I always say when I, I work with my clients, um, to quiet the mind in a backdoor approach by opening the heart because the Chinese and yogic culture both believe that the heart has the spirit residing in it. So it's not just opening the third eye for that, you know, how we hear that a lot. And you can hear kind of a little bit of judgment in my voice because it feels like the um, six chakras or the third eye is overemphasized as the portal to psychic experiences when it actually it's as simple as whatever makes you joyous or uplifted is guidance from your heart, from your spirit, talking to you. And if, if there's enthusiasm to go listen here or go do that, that's actually guidance. So another suggestion is not expecting guidance to be something, you know, as fanciful. I remember teaching high school students meditation, and I remember the boys in the classes of sophomores asking, Miss Kay, are we going to be able to, like, uh, melt snow if we sit on it? Are we going to have mm-hmm. those powers? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, well, that might be some way down the road, you know. <laughs> We're going to establish just learning to detach from our thoughts first. So, yeah, there's a lot of different um, aspects to uncovering the guidance and, and allowing the guidance to emerge that um, a loud mind uh, and an intellectual mind and a, a culture that endorses living from the mind and devalues energy and devalues the value of the heart and kindness and compassion d- doesn't afford you um, so it's, it, it seems to be like, a, a, for me, the way that I work with my clients, a gradual and unfolding process and, and enfoldment of exposing themselves more and more to what their guidance feels like and looks like and shows up as, and, and the courage and the trust to learn to listen to it more. So I, I'm sorry it's not like a quick answer. Um, but, no, but that was but perfect I've, because we heard your story about you're you're listening to your guidance and going to Asia and going there for 10 years. I, too, went to Asia and lived in Taiwan as well, Taipei, for two years, and then Guam. So that is amazing. I love how you said 
Whatever makes your heart joyous is the guidance of your heart. So each of us listening can look back in our own lives and see where we followed our guidance. And again, this is the importance of play as well and why right now all light workers are to be considering themselves as light players because really that's that energy of joy and play that really brings us into some powerful manifestation. It's actually, I guess a better way to describe it would be alignment with our divinity. So this this is great. Um, a calm mind, a mind and a value of the heart. We have to value the guidance of our hearts. So you did help explain how we get that guidance. Let's, and Lauren, I, go ahead. Um, thank you. I just want to intercept because I, I, one of the insights I've been getting lately is I feel like one of the ways that the old paradigm that's currently crumbling keeps us enslaved to not recognizing our power to actually be able to create what we desire whether that's a you know an abundant profitable business doing what we love and contributing to others lives or it's our new relationship where we're really supported and met or where it doesn't matter what our educational background is or our family um, or cultural background is or our gender those restrictions don't play in because we have the ability to create whatever it is we want. I feel like when we're serious and when we're problem focused and when we're issue focused, that's the way they keep, they being the powers that be keep us trapped. When we're mm -hmm. focused on those problems and when we're in the mind, therefore, and not in play, when we're focused on how heavy and serious it all is and the healthcare system and all of the implications of what the changes are mm -hmm. there and what extra work might have to happen from people in order to afford uh, the, the co-payments and, and the seriousness with which we're being presented, um, everything that makes our lives so stressful and heavy, it feels like it's a perpetuation of their power, their paradigm and how it keeps light workers out of their power. And it feels like, too, like we devalue our power because our culture does. And I feel like one of the main aspects to what I'm doing is helping to speak to light workers and speak to those who know they're empathic and know they're sensitive and to know that if you lived in another culture, you'd be highly valued and you'd even be considered skilled and you'd even be considered maybe a shaman or you'd be considered like <laughs> yeah. a medicine person or the village. You know, I mean, just please, there's such a habit of the soft folks getting beaten down because the ego is what screams and the ego is what's loud, as you know, Lauren, because you come from such a heart space. And so it feels like, Part of what I'm doing is helping people have the courage to step out and still be vulnerable and still be soft while they're aligned and in power and choosing to create what they want and that that's okay and that they won't get eaten alive and that they can rise up to challenges and they can be strong and they can have money and that doesn't mean they're one of them. Yes, exactly. Really what we're talking about here is your whole focus, and it's a vibrational upgrade. And it truly is how we change our relationship with money. That changes the energy. Uh, and so really you were talking earlier about the degree of programming, and this notion of poverty consciousness is deeply in, uh, programmed within us in so many ways. Now, there's others we look around with uh, at the world, 
and they are coded differently, right? So what is it that allows some people just to float and go um, pretty smoothly and abundantly? Well, it's exactly these principles that we're talking about. So let's go a little bit deeper in them. Uh, the you you have about five secrets that you say in this uh, vibrational upgrade, and we can talk about those if you want, or simply have a conversation about what goes on when we change our relationship to money. What does that mean to you? Our relationship with money. You know, it's funny because I was just thinking about this. Um, in the last 48 hours, I think I was driving in, a ta- in um, yeah, the taxi in Paris to the train station. And I was thinking about, I was looking around, there were some homeless people in Paris. Um, and I was looking at the vast contrast to all of the really ornate structures there. I've never spent time in Paris. I, I've been there one other time to the train station when I was going through. I've never been pulled there. Um, and, and, and the contrast was striking, and I was asking that very same question. Like, there's such a history of wealth, you know, locked up into the church even and locked up into the royalty because I had spent that 10 days in England before that. And then there's the people who are, you know, more without poverty consciousness. And I know one of the things that I realized living in Asia was the lack of separation from one lifetime to another like how here it's even if you start it's different now um but even the level of understanding like it's assumed we have past lives in 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 all of asia it's assumed that we have karma in all of asia mm-hmm. i mean it's just it's, you know it's just a part of 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 the implied unconscious understanding of life mm-hmm. and so one of the things i realized though was that if a child comes through with a passion or even, uh, like I've done studies and I've reviewed studies, I think it was part of my PhD program, where the faces, the look, they look the same, like the shape of the face, the symmetry of the eyes and the nose and the cheekbones carries over from lifetime to lifetime. And there were pictures shown of when somebody had been put into um, past life regression, they came up with an accent and they did the research to find that person in that past life from the factual information the person in this lifetime gave about those other lifetimes while in regression. The faces... Um, put next to each other were the same kind of symmetry and so like when somebody comes a child comes through with a really burning passion or a strong talent and it's like at age two or three or four that's still the veil hasn't dropped from the past life uh, which usually seems to be like around age six where you start to receive the conditioning of this lifetime and the veil drops and, and the memory gets more distant and made more unconscious from the lifetimes before and so realizing, like, the influence of past lives and the influence of karma, I'm still learning because it's bigger than I we can realize. And, and not that we can realize, but it's quite strong. And so I feel like what I'm putting, what I'm bringing together now is that perhaps the spiritual folks or the light workers have had many lifetimes as um, kind, giving compassionate spiritual folks and that's included lifetimes in monasteries and vows of poverty and living simply because of that premise that um, the simpler you live the closer you are to God and it just feels like a momentum for many past lifetimes and it feels like the times that we're in right now very much part of the work I'm doing is, is to help cut those cords as like Robin Hood redistributing the wealth 
that it's meant that there's abundance for all and that the universe and the earth doesn't hold back with this abundance of leaves and branches and overgrowth that we have to burn back here in Florida because there's so much growth. Abundance is a natural state of the universe, and it's only the human mind throughout history that's for power domination purposes created poverty. So it feels like um, there's a couple of different influences historically at play that keep people in poverty consciousness. And then it comes to self-esteem and self-worth too where and then it comes to beliefs about okay i'll be one of them one of those kinds of people so people who are tending to be light workers or, or more um spiritual tend to kind of have a love-hate relationship with money so it's like a when you're playing with a new relationship and attracting a, a love romantic partner and no nobody really likes anybody who's clingy and in the beginning of a dating ritual so to speak the clinginess versus the you need to chase me that that cat and mouse game it's kind of the same dynamic with money like if you push money away by believing that you'll become one of those types of greedy mean selfish people if you let yourself have more than a basic living then you're pushing money away but then when you realize you can't pay your bills then you're clinging to money so it's that same kind of dynamic it's the same energetic it's just applied to money instead of a human um, so there's a lot of different layers that I find myself working with throughout the uh, years to help people have a relationship with money that's inviting and that is um, okay and, and even um, commanding. Because one of the other main aspects I've learned about the relationship with money, Lauren, and everyone is that we command our money flows. And, it, and that means that we're not at the mercy of or the victim to our educational level or our industry or our, the economy or our country or the strength of our currency in our country, but that we are in command of our money flows. And I know that could sound really preposterous to people who are suffering with money, but somewhere along the line, you've picked up a bunch of unconscious beliefs that have kept you at that and expecting and understanding that life exists at this kind of standard of living. And when you see somebody living in a different standard of living, that you just can point to that standard of living, whether it's lower or higher, and say, that's not me. And you can point back to your life and your family background, and you can say, this is me. This is us. So there's like this um, expectation of um, level of money to live at that I see a lot of people keeping themselves locked into and then reaching out to me to get beyond. Um, and there's a lot of that going on right now because we're these awakening times. This is part of this first secret. These awakening times are just unbelievable. I mean, I've heard from a colleague that we're, we were lined. Take this for what it's worth, but that we were lined up as souls to be embodies on planet Earth at this time. <laughs> oh yes, yes, absolutely. We all raised our hand to be here at this time. Okay, so the so does that mean we are being supported in these energies when we follow the call of the heart? Yes, it, it, this is this is one of the undercurrents of all of my work to the vibrational upgrade, and it's in um, all of the products that I have, including the special offer tonight, because. It's a vibration of go back to the support. Remember that you're supported. Connect to the support. Disconnect from. So this is done in clearings and activations at the unconscious level. I go up into theta. It's based on Vienna Stiebel's uh, work 
with Theta Healing, but I do it a, a bit differently. I do it out loud because of the mind. I see wants to hear what's getting cleared. And it's really funny because people, when it's their block, they won't hear. They'll think I'm mumbling. I've had people reach out to me before to the point that uh, my team and I developed a, a frequently asked questions about Theta Healing that you can listen to the same MP3 for, let's say, the root chakra, which is one of the key ones connected with money. And you can hear the 45 minutes of clearings and activations and at the end of the month hear some new ones because there was such a block that you couldn't hear it consciously because it had to go to the unconscious level to clear the unconscious block. So I'd like to say them out loud because it just it's, it, you can see the sacredness and the the profoundness of the process, but also it helps you be more observant of your thoughts and also helps you see when you have new space created for new thoughts, which lead to new choices, which lead to new behaviors. So it's it's really um, profound work to be able to go in and clear out wherever we're taken out of the belief that we're not supported. And again, that's it feels like it's created from a human-made world to keep certain powers in power and to keep others unempowered or disempowered the beliefs that you're not supported and that you're alone and that you're separate. Because when you look at the heart chakra, if you were to go to my website, for example, and you look at the list of the mental, physical, and emotional aspects to uh, the heart chakra, what shows up when a heart chakra is closed down is you feel disconnected to others and you feel isolated and you feel alone and you feel frustrated and you feel aggravated um, and an inability to forgive. And so, all of that keeps somebody more brittle, not like bamboo that can bend, but like an oak tree that breaks its branch. Um, so it, 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 there's this, that support, I think, is fundamental in somebody being able to trust and take these inspired action steps, listening to their guidance, trust that they're actually hearing guidance and that they can trust and then they have the courage to take that step based on the guidance and build their life one of those inspired action steps at a time all of that involves the kind of trust that you're being supported all the way through and one way that you could check out that you're being supported is just play with the chi all around you i mean you could hold your palms facing each other about um two inches apart and you could slowly move them towards each other slowly and then I do this every time I, I teach a Qigong workshop because I also teach Qigong. And then pull them slowly apart. It's really fun because you're feeling what's called the chi ball. And then pull them apart to about like a foot and a half and then push them closer together slowly again. Don't let mm. them touch. And you should be feeling, you pull them apart again now. Um, tingling and a sense that you can't really push them together. There's like a magnetism that's that's keeping them repelled from pushing together. That's the magnetism. And then the tingling that you might feel in your fingertips, so the heat is the electricity. And so chi or life force or prana is electric and magnetic. And so if your heart chakra is opened, this our heart has ten times the electrical emanation or acti- let's say activity first than the brain. And so our heart chakra, if it contains our spirit, as the Chinese and yoga cultures both believe, then our emanation of what we want, of what we're desiring, of what our spirit sees as in alignment with our lives, emanates out from our heart chakra. So if you step outside by a tree that has leaves, um, 
and you like point your chest up to the tree with the leaves, you can see like the leaves close. If you just stay there for like a, a, a minute, two minutes, and you let yourself feel open in the heart chakra, maybe you do that play with the chi ball I just talked about to attune yourself to your subtle energy and you project your heart up to the trees, leaves, you'll see the leaves closest to your body waving as if they're like playing with mm. you. And that's your field interacting with, with the greater field. And so that greater field is all around you. And in that is implied love. And so that support is all around you. And living from that support means you are empowered at a higher level and in a different way than you are if you believe you have the support of this institution behind you. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I can feel that chi ball, and I know our listeners can as well. All right, so you said earlier we command our income, and we can be supported with this chi energy. So what can we do to really uh, command an income with working with this and playing with this chi energy? Oh, that's a great question, Lauren. Um, and again, I'm, I'm I'm sorry, but it's not going to be like a really simple one sentence. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's oh, what I spend my time doing. Okay. I mean, really, this is what I spend my time uh, in the 90-day program doing in my Magic Manifestation and Money Flow program. I have a six-month mastermind. I spend my time teaching people exactly this to learn how to drop those uh, that whole chunk of layers of conditioning and beliefs and past life karma and past life blocks and all the unconscious because if we're studies have been done and what is shown is we make our choices so when we're learning let me back up even further you know how when we're learning to drive we think okay put your hand on the steering wheel 10 and 2 okay foot on brake okay now shift into drive okay foot on gas, okay, go. And you don't do that now as you've mastered driving. You just get in your car and go, right? I mean, you might think, okay, put key in the ignition, turn on. <laughs> but beyond that, you know, it's not really a conscious process. You just go in and, and you drive. You, you know what I mean? Absolutely, yes. Okay, so that means it's subconscious. And so 85% of what we're choosing on a daily basis is from that subconscious robotic place and so if that's the case and that's even generous i mean i've seen other studies that talk about like 95 ish percent of Mm -hmm. our choices that we make on a daily basis come from that subconscious robotic place and that's also where the blocks reside from the subconscious and unconscious level which means we are creating our lives on autopilot which means that we're going through our lives living based on the past Mm -hmm. so one of the first steps is to, and this is, in fact, one of the reasons why I, with my team, chose the special offer that we chose, because this is a, it clears out every every chakra, I'll talk about the chakras in a minute, so it gets all of the sticking points, if you listen to these MP3s over and over again, it clears out these unconscious, the most typical unconscious and subconscious blocks to each chakra, which covers every aspect of life. So you have more of what has been unconscious cleared. So now you've freed up more consciousness. So now you operate with more chi or consciousness. They're interchangeable at your disposal 
to then command. So that means that you're, in part, you're going to be emanating more consciousness from your heart chakra once it's opened, and you're going to be, therefore, having more chi at your disposal, so your emanation will be felt more. So the first step, really, is clearing out where you're on autopilot, and one of the ways to identify that where you're operating from blocks is if you say you want to start this business based on, for example, if you say you want to start this business based on what you love to do and how you see, how you help people and it brings you such joy, and yet you see yourself taking action steps for not that, but repeating in the same job or sabotaging the launch of that business or when you know there's, you get the guidance to take a step to launch that business, you don't do that. That When you say you want A and you see your actions going towards B, that's when you know there's an unconscious or subconscious block at play. Yes, that includes procrastination and self-sabotage. And so there's a ton of different reasons why we sab- will sabotage our efforts. And there's a whole series of um, blocks that I clear around the fifth chakra because I, in my second book of, called Vibrational Upgraded Conspiracy for Your Bliss, I talk about the fifth chakra as being the most important one right now because we're going through such a portal from the third dimension into the fourth, and that requires our heart chakra opening, and from the fourth dimension into the fifth, which requires us to come out of anywhere where we feel like a victim and to recognize our co-creative powers. And the fifth chakra is where we choose from and where we create our lives from. So it's the creative chakra, but not about arts and crafts as much about the creativity involved in the way that we create our lives so that throat chakra gets closed down and some symptoms of that show up as like a a tight neck tight shoulders um thyroid challenges because of hormones every gland is attached to one of the chakras and so the thyroid is the one that resists that resides at the fifth chakra um even sometimes tmj the jaw is both the sixth chakra and the fifth um difficulty with public speaking chronic throat clearing and when you get sick, if it doesn't hit your chest first, but it hits your throat first, all of these are signs of a vulnerable or closed or deficient throat chakra. So when the throat chakra is robust and open and balanced, then we feel like we're not restricted, we're not obligated, we have choice. So if you find yourself saying, I don't have a choice, I have to do this to provide for my kids, or I have to do this to pay the mortgage, or I have to stay in this job in order to afford the health care for my family, all of that would close down a fifth chakra because you're perceiving restriction. It's not about the actual things that you're saying you're obligated to because you can't point outside yourself. That's part of the nature of the times we're living in to get from the fourth to the fifth dimension because we have 2012 to 2032, a 20-year window to jump both of these dimensions. And recognizing where you're actually empowered to choose so you can create what you want is what gets us up into the fifth dimension or over into the fifth dimension. So, yeah, there's uh, a lot going on in in the ability to be able to um, command your money flow. And so if you believe that you have to stay in this job that has a seeming salary window cap of 100 grand because it has the health benefits for your family and it pays for the mortgage and it allows you enough um, uh, familiarity with the job and it's a natural skill you're trained and educated in, um, but it leaves you deadened and you actually hate it. Uh, what's, 
what's happening is your throat shock is restricted because you're perceiving that you're limited and restricted. And so you're going to have a tight neck probably. Your shoulders are going to be up around your ears, as we say in Pilates. You wear your shoulders as earrings. Um, and you're not going to feel free to choose what it is that would create more joy in your life. And so you will stay restricted and won't feel like you are in command of your money flow. But you're actually choosing that. You're actually choosing to believe that you couldn't launch your own business based on what you love to do and and make as much money. You're, so there's perceptions at play that are affecting your ability to command your money flow. And so what would help here is to get the clearings for the fifth chakra. The third chakra is very much involved in manifestation too, that solar plexus one. So if a chakra means wheel from Sanskrit to English, and it's an intersection of mind, body, and spirit, every chakra has a certain domain of life as you're starting to gather. So the third chakra covers the uh, manifesting out onto the physical plane, what we desire in our lives. And the inner child and joy is also there. And this is very much why I subtitled my second book, Vibrational Upgraded Conspiracy for Your Bliss, this, because it's interesting that the same chakra where it gives us energy to manifest that onto the physical world is also contains the inner child, the element of joy. So we actually have an easier time manifesting when the inner child is at play. And when we're working against, when we're having to like maybe eat carbohydrates or, or quick sugars, that's when our fire element of the solar plexus chakra isn't accessible because the chakra is somewhat shut down. So the wheel isn't turning the chi or the vital life force energy as it's meant to throughout that area, including the pancreas then we'll find ourselves substituting for that loss of energy or that restricted flow of energy because it's the pancreas that metabolizes sugar with sugar cravings for instant energy if we're not getting joy with what we're manifesting out into the physical world. So the empathicness is also there as the third chakra, like when we walk into a room and do an energy scan and, and when we feel like so many people in the last um, four years or so have been saying, I, I'm so sensitive to other people's energy because you've awakened. It's awakening time. And so you're more open. And so that third chakra is the empathicness when you walk into a room and you feel how the people are feeling and you might be absorbing their negative energy because you have certain unconscious patterns running then you're going to maybe carry extra weight there to pack on the extra weight so that you can handle and feel protected from other people's energy. So there's a lot of stuff at play to get these chakras clear. And in, and then once they are, you're flowing that vital life force energy out from above your crown down throughout your entire chakra column or spinal column or central nervous system or your, through your entire endocrine system. All of them are open. They're flowing. They're turning as wheels, so they're flowing that vital life force energy, and you have a lot more consciousness or chi or energy at your command. So you can stand in your power, and you can sim- – this is what I do. I mean, I, I ask, you know – certain questions and I listen to my guidance and I say, I would like that. And I, I listen to what is required or I just allow and open up to receiving it. It's meant to be that simple, but there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, but coming from the Asian tradition, there is a certain, a certain respect I've been, I've learned for the process of um, the learning curve. I don't mean to say the difficulty or the hard work. That's not what I'm saying because I don't buy into that. But there's a certain, like, apprenticeship that has to happen. Like, you can't just learn the secrets of the universe in a quick five, uh, 
minute course or, or five week course. I mean, there's certain things that have to be shifted within us and we're so experiential. Like we'll learn something and we'll, and then we'll shift in our consciousness and then we'll hear that same thing we've heard last year and it will hit us differently. You know what I mean? So it's such mm-hmm. a learning curve. And and layer upon layer upon layer yeah. upon layer. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, on the flip side, when we do uh, open these chakras and clear out those belief systems that are blocking us, we can truly um, see how they were blocking us. Yes. And then, like you said, new choices and new decisions. And, um, you know, personally, even in my own experience, just even this week, seeing um, – ideas where before I thought of it as competition, but now I can see there's an there's a value there, there's something there um to expand further upon. So it's very fascinating. Well What do you I, mean by that, Lauren? What you were saying is competition. Can you Okay, all right. Um, You could, you could, because this is a very interesting discussion, and I saw how I was getting in my own way for years, for years, and so it's my programming, deep programming, being in the media, and also past lives, I recognize it as even going back to Lemuria and my responsibility there and feeling deeply guilty for it, Um, but it was... When I was listening to my guidance, I knew, I knew I had to do a radio show, and it was healing conversations, and I just put one foot in front of the other, and that's what I loved to do. And mm-hmm. so, as I would ask the universe for guidance, I would say, "How do I, how do I monetize my radio show? How do mm-hmm. I, how will I be supported? Show me how." And I saw three different business models on how to do it. Instead, my 3D human programmed mind in the free-range slavery program was getting in the way and treating this as competition. And so, I mean, for for a good, for many years, these layers, so there's layers of this competition yep. energy, very deep layers, and to see how they are so deep and how they change it goes into everything so that's what i'm working on and one time in meditation working on how to really step into my mission and role here i saw my competition as co-creators and how we were all working together in this much bigger picture so um i that's how i was getting in my own way around that competition level and it was layers and layers of programming and still there's still residue with that but I'm working on it well I mean we live in a greater backdrop where our it's not so the feminine energy is obviously awakening you do a lot of shows on that and I'm grateful to you for that um I, I find a very feminine energy I don't mean just because you're female but through the people that you have on for the they access the feminine energy really sweetly. Um, and the feminine energy is more the collaboration, right? The cooperation and the competition is more that yang, masculine energy. And I don't mean to be implying genders for those of you who are listening because I know many men who are more yin energy, but we want these balanced on the planet now and that's in part what's happening. And so we're shifting out of that competition paradigm. And so it's a snag. It's not just our culture. 
in just our consumer-driven culture and the capitalism that's so peaked in America, but it's also the foundational energetics on the planet of the old paradigm shifting into the new paradigm and bringing back in. I was just in the land of the goddess, uh, goddesses and goddesses of Avalon and the Celtic goddesses like Bridget. And, man, is it different living with that goddess energy? It's so voluptuous. It's so creative. It's so yummy. It's so nurturing. And it's so not competitive. It is so not clashing with somebody mm-hmm. else. You know? And so... It's easy to get snagged where you got snagged, especially if you have a background in the corporate or entrepreneurial or business world, because that's what we're taught, you know. So it's, it's um, you know, I applaud you and I'm grateful because as you collapse that within you, it makes it easier for the next person holographically, collectively, to step forward and launch in their own business and not having the edge of competition felt because you're collapsing it on behalf of the whole. Yes, okay. Well, see, it's such a personal level, and there are so many different belief systems out there. And so, you know, that's the first part that we, the first thing that we need to do is clearing out those beliefs. And, you know, when I look around, and and I help people as well, get out of that 3D matrix and free-range slavery into living their passion. And you know what's very interesting? The number one reason that people do not leave their paid jobs is because of a program that's out there in the collective. Um, Do you know what that is? It's health insurance. They don't have health insurance and they're worried about that. So they don't take a step, right? So I find that just interesting. That's, That's one facet of belief systems or fears that people have. And the reality is, is that I wrote, I went through this, 416 pages, which was originally my dissertation for my PhD. I wrote my last year in Asia. became my first book, What If There's Nothing Wrong? And I was <laughs> comparing the system over there with socialized healthcare and the holistic system with ours. And what we're proficient at is trauma. But if you have a chronic condition, Western medicine is not who to go to. So really, the idea that the chemical pharmaceuticals, and I'm not suggesting anybody come off of their pharmaceuticals, I'm not suggesting that I'm a doctor prescribing or any of that, but what I am saying is that the pharmaceuticals aren't preventative, but they're presented in in our model as preventative. Like if you have high blood pressure to go on the medication to make sure that later on down the line you don't have a problem, when in fact increasingly studies are now even emerging in America where it's the lifestyle choices that are what contribute. And that's what Ayurveda in, in traditional Chinese medicine have known. And so I spent 416 pages in my first book, What If There's Nothing Wrong, uh, talking about this difference. And so it's a farce to begin with anyway that you need, it's going to sound radical, um, that you need the Western health care for anything beyond the trauma care. Because that's what we were found in, in the World Health um, Organization study they did in 2000, and I think it was either 9 or 10, in studying all of the industrialized uh, nations' healthcare systems, we were not ranked in the top five. But the thing that we were ranked in the highest four, and it wasn't even in the top five, was our trauma care because of our neat our neat tools mm-hmm. and technology. And we are really good at that. So I don't know. Is there a way to get um, coverage for emergency care? And not, I, this is all a very individual choice. It's a very personal choice, and I, I, I don't really. It's a messy conversation that I'm not here to have, um, but I'm just trying to point out 
what other beliefs are possible that would actually serve you more than a, a fear-based belief. Because usually, yes, like in meditation, it is because in meditation, it's, I've come to call it runaway fear. Like when you just touch into that fear, I'm actually getting ready to talk about it on my uh, group Magic Manifestation and Money Flow call that I have in a little bit. Um, because like when you first open the heart, it, it's breaking open and there's sadness that comes out. And there's also this, in that sadness, like it's inexplicable. I just had a couple of people this week in my program ask me about why are they feeling the sadness, but they really overall see their their lives going in a great direction. And it's the heart's opening. You're starting to feel more. And in that, you also touch into a baseline fear, too, it seems like, that I can call a runaway fear. And in the Tibetan Buddhist tradition, there's this idea of dialoguing with the fear. Cognitive behavioral psychology in the West does this, too. You dialogue with the fear. So if your fear is, mm-hmm. if I leave my job, and I'm not suggesting anybody who feels like they're providing health care for their family and covering their mortgage to leave their job today, obviously I'm, I'm speaking to a rational audience. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're all adults and are responsible for themselves. Um, so I will stop doing those disclaimers. I apologize for them. The um, idea that you can just choose to talk back to your fear, that if you leave the job, that uh, do you really need that health care? Is there another way for you to get the health care? Well, no, there isn't. So if you leave this job and you can't get health care somewhere else, this is you dialoguing with your fear. I'm not saying there isn't another way to get health care. So if you leave that job and, you, and then you don't have that health care, then what happens? Well, then what happens if one of my kids gets sick? Or what happens if one of my kids is already sick? I can't get their medication. Okay, so what happens there? Well, I can't get their medication, so I, they're going to get sicker. Okay, and so then what happens there? Well, then I have to take out a loan uh, or a second mortgage, and then we, and then what happens? I lose, we go homeless. I mean, you just you talk to the fear all the way through, and you start to begin to sense the irrationality of mm-hmm. the fear. That's a technique from Tibetan um, Buddhism, again, as well as cognitive behavioral psychology, to actually talk to your fear. So that's another mm-hmm. way to answer the hidden, the hidden beliefs. Good. Very good. Yeah, that is powerful. All right. It totally unravels us through it, and it's powerful to sit in that fear and dialogue with it. Again, Tibetan uh, Buddhism, in my opinion and research, really is a remnant of Lemuria. So this is ancient wisdom. Okay. Well, you have studied, and it does center around the chakras. We're going to go to some callers in a few minutes, but I want to give you a moment to talk more about the chakras as energy centers and how they do get sticky and the program that you've got in the special offer that goes through each of them and works with each of them. Okay, so I just want to preface this with um, I will t- I have taught courses for a month long, uh, a couple hours each week on the basics of the chakra system, and then I'll teach a second class on the at the advanced level for the chakras for a couple hours each week for four weeks, and that's that's still the most rudimentary aspects of the chakra system, and that's about a twenty hour curriculum, so. Keep that in mind as I summarize right now in two minutes. <laughs> yeah, hours and hours in two minutes, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, it is the single most reliable roadmap I've found. So, like, you know, when you first, you know, when you first go into this work and, and, and you might look at um, a book that talks about the metaphorical messages in the body, like when your legs hurt and you look up in one of the resources that are out there nowadays, 
um, and then have been out there since about the 80s. Louise Hay started this. God bless her. Um, she's helped rock our world um, and, and bring in the new paradigm of holisticness and listening to the body. But if you look at her reference, and it talks about the legs, uh, if you have a problem with the legs, and it has something to do with you not wanting to move forward. Those can be helpful, but I don't find myself, like, and then there's the teaching in the traditional Chinese understanding in, in Qigong, where the left side of the body is the feminine side, and the receiving side, and the right side is the masculine side, the yang side, and that's the actioning side, and the manifesting side. And so if somebody has a left side hang-up, which I'm finding a lot of people nowadays having blockages in their left side, then quickly you could just summarize and say, that means you have a problem with receiving. If your right side is really strong and tight, that means, you know, you're doing a lot of giving. I find that oversimplified. Um, and in my 28 years of studying the energy system, because I went into college as my first major in psychology, and I found it incomplete because it was just all about the hardwiring of the brain and memory and psychology was trying to be a hard science and it was applied to industrial psych and capitalism and so it just wasn't answering the question of how do we thrive and how do we be the most blissful versions of ourselves here so i changed majors but i've been asking that question since i've been 18 17 actually and so it, it, the chakra system for me is, is is what has been the most reliable I'll, I'll stand in front of an audience and talk about and i'll go through like i have already with you all a couple of the chakras, and by the time, like, if I start at the root and I start listing the aspects, okay, so the root chakra is your right to be here, and you feel, if you if you were in the womb and one of your parents was worried about how when you were in the womb, not if, because you're here, you were in a womb, so when you were in the womb, if one of your parents was hesitant about bringing you in because they were afraid of how to provide for you, or they were afraid they were going to be a good parent, they weren't going to be a good parent, then you've picked that up in, in the womb. Mm-hmm. And, and in the spinal column is what gets formed when you're in the womb. And the central nervous system is the first to get wired when you're in the womb. And the root chakra is from ages zero to one. So when I, I studied developmental psychology and when I taught it in the classroom later on, AP Psych, um, I, was, I was able to then match it to what I had learned about the chakra system. So it's really an interesting understanding. There's um, you getting wired with, therefore, this was the case that I just described, you're picking up on one of your parents' hesitancy. So in those developmental years, you're feeling like you don't have the right to be here. So the root chakra gets affected, and the root chakra governs from the tailbone down to the feet. So you might have had a foot problem, or if you had in another lifetime, three lifetimes, you you suffered major trauma because you were some kind of spiritual truth teller, and you were killed in two of the three lifetimes because of it, and you were banished and ostracized in a third lifetime because you're a truth teller and a spiritual seer, let's say like Galileo, then you might have the unconscious conclusion carried in your cellular memory into this lifetime that when I am in a physical body, there is trauma and it's difficult on earth and there is suffering. So you might hover above your head for the rest of your life until you hear an interview like this and somebody like me talking about it where you might be more inclined to look at the power of the intellect and become extremely intellectual, where you might space out a lot, if you trip a lot, if you get vertigo even, if you get dizzy or headaches or migraines, all of those are symptoms that you're not grounded in your body. If you have money problems, that's also a symptom that you're not grounded in your body because the root chakra is for foundational support. So it's it's the legs down to the feet, the tailbone down through the legs to the feet, that's your foundation. And so what you, if the chakra covers the mind, body, and spirit, I just listed the body, and I just listed some of the mental aspects and the spiritual aspects, too, of I don't feel like being in the body is a good thing. There's trauma that happens, so you don't launch your spirit all the way fully down into your body 
then you're not giving yourself a solid foundation because the root chakra is for foundational support. So if you move around a lot or you change jobs a lot or you change relationships a lot, that's also a sign that you're not rooted. You're not building a solid foundation for yourself. And if your money flows are questionable and shaky and you could go homeless next month, then you also aren't grounded in, in your root chakra. So all of these are aspects of a deficient root chakra. And so we would do foundational clearings at the unconscious level for them. So every chakra builds. And so the second one is your right to feel the way you feel. It's usually the messiest I've found with people, whether I'm teaching, we're going through the yoga postures in a class for the chakras and we're toning for the chakras, or I'm working with a client one-on-one or a group, or I'm talking to an audience like you all. The second chakra is always the messiest. doesn't matter the culture or the gender or the age. Your right to feel the way you feel, and it governs the hips and the sacrum, and the adrenals are typically considered to be attached to the second chakra. Um, and so issues of you don't feel supported, uh, your hips can lock up and get tight here because that chakra, that wheel isn't turning the vital life force energy because either you were brought up in a really austere, serious uh, environment um, or you were brought up conditioned to believe that feelings are worthless and they're not sources of wisdom to, from your soul telling you what you really feel and think about something um, and how you're perceiving something, but instead you shut down your feelings be, because you were taught that feelings are irrational and you must rely on reason which has been a teaching in the West for a couple hundred years, um, then your second chakra will be deficient and shut down. So you, it's also your right to feel the sensual or the visceral or the tactile, you know, like a texture of a pine tree's bark or like your hands on a strawberry dipping it into chocolate and all that gooiness and the messiness of your toes in the mud. That's also the sensuality of life, and that's in the second chakra. The instinctual body is also in the second chakra. So if you followed your instincts, I mean gut instincts, like don't go there, then um, and, and, and you follow them at some point about something in your life and you feel like you were wrong and something bad happened, so you shouldn't listen to your instincts, then you shut down your second chakra. And so your feeling life, your instinctual body, you're not, you're not in tune or in touch with it. And, and so... Um, if you feel like you don't have the right to feel the way you feel, then when we get up to the third chakra, which is your right to desire what you desire, you're going to shut down your desire. And your desire is used to manifest out in the world what you desire. So we go back down to the second and we'll clear out your right to feel the way you feel. It sounds simple, but it's like if somebody comes to me, and we'll do this with the calls in just a minute, you'll see. So somebody could say, Allison, I want to launch this new business where I, I'm telling my story about what I've gone through, and I feel like it can help others. Then, uh, but but I, I when I go to launch a workshop, I find myself procrastinating. So then, I, procrastination sits in the second chakra. So I'll tweak the second and the fifth chakra. So it's kind of like I'm playing an instrument at this point for me with the, the work I do in the chakras. So that special offer is every single chakra. The sixth and seventh, it's only the seven. I'm not going eight through twelve, which are more the awakening chakras nowadays um, in this, this is to clear out the baseline programming. And it's also people have been using it for years and they continue to use it even after they've gotten to a certain point of clarity and, and the column is open and flowing the life force energy through each chakra. And I have 
set alignment and then they are able to command and have more consciousness at their command, like I described earlier, but then they continue to listen to them because there's activations on them. I don't just do the clearing of the blocks. I'm always asking what else is possible and how does it get any better than this? I've asked that even before I was aware of access consciousness asking those two questions. And so you can continue to listen to these products because you can just continue to strengthen your chakras and, and, and activate yourself further. It's just an amazing product because it can clear out the baseline as programming where you snag yourself, um, where it's that one issue. We call them samskaras in, in the Hindu yoga culture, uh, in the teachings of. So yoga has eight limbs to it. And, and one of the limbs of the body postures that everybody's used to seeing in the West, five of it, five of the eight limbs of the yogic path are about dealing with the mind. So the nature of yoga is to deal with the perceptions of the mind and how you can also then, once you're done with the clearing, because you do get to a certain, Lauren, you give such a great example, where you get you get to a certain point of clearing out enough layers that you're, you are in alignment and you are flowing much more energy through your system and you are commanding. And then there's more nuanced aspects as you continue to move forward, empowered and awakened and creating the life you desire that are, really kind of more fun <laughs> to like move through because you're you can see what's at play more like Lauren gave the example of and in 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 and it becomes like a game. Like how can I, I, I make myself a more aligned instrument of the divine? And how can I because yoga means to yoke with the divine and to yoke with our higher self. So if the chakra system comes to us from the yogic practices, which it does, and Reiki comes, that was my first energy medicine, um, was Reiki, and it was based, it's based on, it was founded in India, and then Dr. Yusui rediscovered it, a Japanese uh, monk rediscovered it. Well, he wasn't a monk himself, but he studied with monks. And so it was rediscovered in Japan, but it came from India is what I'm trying to say. So if Every chakra, every uh, yogic posture is designed to open up certain chakras. And the Hindu yogic culture understands that five of the eight paths, five of the eight legs of the yogic path are about the mind. I remember opening my first book from the yogic culture about the different bodies around the physical body. Their wisdom is so phenomenal with understanding how to work with subtle energy that, I mean, it just keeps getting more and more nuanced and there's more and more to learn. So this product is not only the basic um, snags, which are called like that, so that thing in your life, that issue in your life that keeps coming up no matter where you move to or who you go into a new relationship with or enter into a new relationship with, it's like that one or two. Some people have three core issues that you just keep banging your head against the wall with. Those are called samskaras. And so that's when I come in with the the chakra clearings and I help get them out because usually they're related to karma and usually they're past life related. And usually you need somebody else's support to get your back to get these out. I have other people helping me when I'm up against, oh, wow, this is, this is something. Okay, let me get some help to, to undo this one. You know, as you refine it more and more and you go along your path and you get more and more free, it does get to a certain point where you are blissed out, you know, and you just understood your system's humming. You have the unconscious blocks of the density or the heaviness cleared. So you have a lot more energy. That's one of the first things people say to me is how much more energy they have from this work. And then their appetite balances out. And then in, it's not necessarily in this order. In the dreams, their sleep is improved. 
um, there, there's so much beautiful appreciation you gain from this product and from this work about seeing how we're wired for health and well-being. We're not wired for suffering and death and destruction. We're actually built to last. <laughs> so I hope that – does that help? Oh, it is $50 Absolutely. I wanted and to, it, it's beautiful. I've never done this before. I've never done this before. I'm sorry. I just oh, I, thank I, I you. You're you're. When I first heard you, I was so I I, I could tell, you, you know, how heart centered you were. I could feel it instantly pulled in by you um, once I discovered you, and then listening to the different people you have on your show, and then immersing myself uh, even further with one of them so far. And so I wanted to, when I tuned in and asked what would contribute to her listening audience, I could tell you all were more advanced than, you know, a basic uh, teleseminar where I've done interviews on before. And so I've never given this product away with a discount on a, a summit or on an interview ever. And I've had a ton of interviews. So I really want to express to you all how special I feel like you are because this is what I was guided to give because what came through was that there's like, basic fundamentals that light workers because there's another product I was thinking about called your sensitivity is your power and it's like we were talking about a little bit earlier tonight where it's tonight over here on the east coast where there's like a sensitivity that you learn to guard or you learn to hide away from society that wants to come forward mm -hmm. now because in other cultures that sensitivity is considered a power and here in our culture in the West, we shut it down somewhat, especially in America, so that you can get by and power through. It's the same with the emotions and not paying attention to that. You really don't want to do that thing, but you just got to power through it. And so there's a sensitivity to, to when I tuned into this audience and a heart opening and, and a beauty that I, it made me think, okay, do I do the other product? And I've never given that product away at any kind of discounted rate on a summit. So I was, what I was guided to was, well, get them the foundationals because there's, there's, there's certain types of typical blocks that the listeners have that you can help them get cleared of. And once they, and they can use it for the rest of their lives. And once they listen to it and get clear, they're empowered enough that they can then use those to activate themselves further for further empowerment. So it was also to hit the range of, even though you're all advanced, there's, it still seems to be there's some snags. Like I, I'm feeling like a lower back for a fair amount of the listeners. Um, so that's why I wanted to give this one away for the first time ever. <laughs> oh, that is so helpful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love that the that each of the chakra attunements come as two-part recordings where one is instruction and the other is pure theta healing. Interesting that you felt the lower back. That is the area of financial stress or um, what do you call that? Not really financial stress, but worries about um, providing. So the way that I've come to understand it is um, – again, through the chakra system. And so it's the second chakra in the back, the sacrum, and it's your right to feel the way you feel. And if you feel like you're not supported and then you have to provide for people, then that the question of support and feeling unsupported seems to show up in the lower back. Then mm. when it becomes, if it becomes sciatica, now we're bringing in the root chakra because the root one is the one that's m most directly related to money. 
So it involves, it seems like, support and then your foundation and your money flows. And so it then brings in the root chakra with the sciatica. Um, and sciatica, honestly, is relatively easy to clear. Mm. Thank you for that, Ben. Of course, that special offer is available on our special offer button here. I would love right now to go to our listeners because I know that when you interact with them, uh, they actually unravel further from their belief systems. So let's go up to, um, it looks like Daryl. Hi, Daryl. Hey. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. Hey, hey Lauren, thank you, Allison. I love your laugh. <laughs> um, Thanks, Daryl. Uh, Hi. Hey. Um, Hi. I, I swear, I, 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 one time I said I'd love to give up procrastination, but I haven't gotten around to it yet. And, Good one. <laughs> and there are some serious cutting cords of the vows of poverty. But right now, actually, I I found my I find myself um, as as a recipient of um, some inheritance is mind blowing. So um, I don't. It's going to be a, a lot of balance that I need to do, and I'm very interested in your in your program too. So, um, but the paradigm is crumbling. What can we as light workers yeah, do to? What can we as light workers do to help? Others that are not connected to source as we okay. transition into this. Okay, so first uh, first question, it feels like it's a great last question too. First question, Daryl, it feels like is that you're saying I am breaking a lot of hours of poverty and especially here I am about to come into or have come into a bunch of inheritance and that's really mind-blowing for these vows of poverty, uh, old beliefs or programs running. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. So I want to go ahead and go up into Theta. I want to do some um, karma clearing around the vow of poverty because I know that there, I'm hearing two-thirds of the people on this call have made them and they're still operating. So give me just a moment because I'm going to get quiet. None of you want to be driving or uh, or like using a bulldozer or any kind of heavy equipment or machinery right now. <laughs> no bulldozers. <laughs> no bull. No bull. What do you mean no bull? <laughs> um, a little bull, but just not right now. <laughs> get a little unconsciousness. Um, you might hit your head back. That's when I hit a clearing. So, and if you start to snore or you start to yawn, um, both of those are normal. You might twitch a little bit. In fact, some of you may have been twitching during the conversation because you were getting a vibrational upgrade from my field, what I was running while we were talking. So muscles twitching, heat running through the body, feeling um, heat in a certain area. Um, it's a sign that the electricity is getting through the chi, so I've gotten through a block. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and... Floyd, I, I want you to... Get your hand on your tailbone, please. Can you do that? And any of the listeners, can you keep it there while I do these clearings, please? Hold it there while she does these clearings. Okay. Thank you. Yes. It's already running down your spine. Okay. 
can take just a minute and get silent and get up and just say it out. Creator, is it commanded to call the police on all the levels? For all the listeners, both now and in the future, listening to the recording after past life history level, I'm meant to suffer. Yeah? Replacing it with I'm meant to suffer. Well, show me. Creator, it is commanded you clear any and all free floating thoughts and trauma, imprints, touch. All cords of conditioning from the trance of the masses clear all karma, contracts, oaths, vows, promises, clearings around being meant to suffer. Creator, it is commanded to download the Creator's perspective, definition and understanding of being meant to thrive as a child of this universe in a human body on planet Earth right now. We have been blessed with great peace. Creator, it is commanded you download the knowing how. To go about each of your day-to-day lives, thriving and being meant to thrive. Creator, it is commanded you download the feeling of being meant to thrive. Their highest and best grace and ease. Creator, it is commanded you pull the police on all the levels, resolving it. At their past life history level, I meant to be in poverty. Yes, replacing it with I meant to be in poverty. Show me. Creator, it is commanded to clear any and all free floating thoughts and trauma, imprints. Karma, contracts, oaths, vows, swearing, promises of poverty and or austerity.
Creatory Commander to Coco Police are all the level to something yet. Out there, past life, history level. I'm meant to live in poverty. Yes. Replacing it with I'm meant to live in abundance and prosperity. Yes. Show me. Creator, it is commanded you download the Creator's perspective, definition, and understanding of being meant to live in prosperity and abundance as a child of this universe in a human body on planet Earth right now. Their highest and best with grace and show me. Creator, it is commanded you download the feeling of being meant to live in in prosperity and abundance. Show me. Creator, it is commanded you download the knowing how to go about each of their day-to-day lives, being meant to live in abundance and prosperity, their highest and best facing and showing. Creator, it is commanded you pull the belief on all the levels, resolving it at their past life history level. I don't like money. Yes. Replacing it with I like money. Yes. Creator, it is commanded you pull the belief on all the levels, resolving it at their past life history level. Money doesn't like me. Yes. Replacing it with money likes me. Yeah. So, Creator, it is commanded you download the Creator's perspective, definition and understanding of money liking them and them liking money as a child of this universe in a human body on planet Earth right now. Their highest and best with grace and show me. Creator, it is commanded you download the feeling of liking money and money liking them. Creator, it is commanded you download the knowing how to go about each of your day-to-day lives with money liking them and then liking money. Okay, so you want to slowly bring yourselves back going to get ready to talk now. And you can listen to the replay, listen to that section until you feel complete in clearing the relationship with money so that you like money and money liking you allows for the invitation of money and the cleaning and clearing of your relationship with money. I spent a good couple of years with leaders from around the world um, around 2012, no, 2010 to 2013, actually, clearing with daily sometimes activation, clearing money of all its projections from the human ego mind. So money itself isn't a problem, so to speak. (laughs) So we get ourselves clean with our Thank you. Well, thank you, Daryl, for being the surrogate for all of us as well. Okay, I will definitely see you on your special offer page. 
And Lauren, um, I've got my dancing shoes on, girl. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. All right. Love we love dancing Thank with you. you. Thank you. Thank you, Daryl. Beautiful. Enjoy your legs, Daryl. Yes. Okay. Well, my goodness, how time flies when we discuss the poverty consciousness and unraveling from it and how we shift our vibration energetically. Allison Kay, this is the end of our program tonight, but I just want to give you a quick moment to wrap it up for us today. Well, you heard the first clearing. You're not meant to suffer, and that's one of the biggest buy-ins to the old paradigm. So anywhere and everywhere where you see yourself locked into this is serious, this is hard, this is difficult, what if that isn't true? Please know that you are here attracted to Lauren's interviews and the work that she does because you are a very special, unique person and blessed. And you're ready for this. You're ready to have your awakening. You're ready to have your breakthrough. You're here listening to me because of being ready to have a vibrational upgrade into this next level your life can take and so if you've been hesitating and if you've been worried and if you've been wondering about figuring out the how what if it isn't about figuring out the how and it's instead just a natural process of opening and receiving guidance and organically taking one inspired action step at a time and here's the title of my first book i'm going to ask it what if there's nothing wrong what if you could take and redirect any time your mind conditioned by this collective that's still in the depths of the old paradigm. You know better. You're here because you know better. So you are further empowered to be able to redirect yourself off of the problem focus and connect in and plug in and replug yourself into this unlimited possibilities field because it's there just at right next to you and you're breathing it. It's yours. You're living it. You're embodying it. So what would it take for you to embody it even more? Because God bless us all. This is the most auspicious time on planet Earth ever. (laughs) Ever. And I love what you said there. We know better. This comes down to we know what we know. And we can look back and remember when we were children that we were tapped into this knowingness. When we would look out at the world and just say some of that's not right, but that's why we're here is because we know what we know and we're tapping back into it again. And it's a beautiful time to be here. So thank you for that beautiful reminder. Allison Kay, thank you, thank you, thank you for taking us into the quantum realm in this quantum conversation. Thank you for the big smile on my face right now, Lauren, and and the (laughs) honor of spending this time with you and your audience. a joy, and you are a treat. Thank you for doing all that you do to help all of us. Well, thank you, too, Goddess, for your work in the world and for assisting all into stepping into leadership roles on New Earth. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, and thank you, everyone. Okay, now it is time to have a little bit of fun as we dance our way to the cosmic heart. Again, this is where we hold our vision of infinite possibilities as we go across the universe. Enjoy. Bye. Namaste. Namaste.
you for listening and thank you for dancing with us in our collective intentions as they go across the universe to the cosmic heart. I'd like to thank my wonderful team at AcousticHealth.com, Heidi, Tony, Tom, Pam, Suzanne, and Garner, who assist with the production of Quantum Conversations, online healing retreats, and more. And thank you, too, for listening. If you've enjoyed this program, please share it with your friends and loved ones. And we thank you for shining your magnificent light and adding it to the world. This is when we love ourselves like no one else can. We leave you now with music from the universe. Music literally created by the universe as musical notes were assigned to mathematical equations. The result is this beautiful music available at AcousticHealth.com. Namaste. Namaste.